from our gospel lesson. And who had received, uh, he had received the, the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. The master answered, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed. In the name of Jesus, amen. I think, I think some of my kids' friends are afraid of me. Um, it could be the pastor thing. Um, it could be the, the fact that I outweigh most all of them by at least 100 pounds. <laughs> Maybe something else. Um, since it's mostly my teenage girls' male friends that I'm thinking of, you, you might say to yourself, well, you know, there's an upside to that. <laughs> um, but it actually, it actually rather bothers me, bugs me. Um, my father-in-law, when my wife was uh, a teenager and her male friends of the house, was known uh, to come to the door literally armed, like cleaning a gun. <laughs> I think it was kind of a joke thing for him, um, but I can still imagine that that would be scary. Um, but I wouldn't. I would never. I would never do that because I'm not scary. And and I think it's a, a bit unfair. They they got me all wrong. Where did they ever get an idea like that? What did I ever do to get dubbed the the scary dad? Unfair for them to see me, good, gracious, softy that I am, that way. So a baseless assumption. A baseless assumption, getting someone wrong, and the one gotten wrong, being a little bit agitated about it, is what our gospel lesson for this 24th Sunday after Pentecost, the second to last Sunday of the church year, the so-called parable of the talents, is all about. Uh, Though... Getting someone wrong and the one gotten wrong, being uh, a little bit agitated uh, about it, may not be what you heard when you heard Jesus telling the parable of the talents. No, I bet a fair number hear the word talent, which in Jesus' day was just a measure of weight, a large sum of money, and connect it with our word talent, and then hear Jesus saying um, uh, something, something like, well, God, God has blessed you with a lot of talents in life. The five, the three, and the one. That means you know, some get more, some get less. But we all get something, you know, some stronger, some smarter, whatever. But the important thing is that you use or develop whatever it is that God has given you, whatever it is God has invested in you, because a day is coming when God's going to show up to see just how faithful you have been. Faithful as in to see what kind of return you've gotten on his investment. Maybe you heard it that way. And of course, if you did hear it that way, it's not just because of the unfortunate confusion between what the word talent meant in Jesus' day and what it usually means for us. No, it's easy to go there because in some ways, even without the parable, Our whole world conspires 
to trick us to see our lives, to see ourselves that way. All of us, as basically a bunch of small business owners in charge of running a company called Me Inc., whereas chairman and CEO of Me Inc., it is your round-the-clock job to maximize profits. 24-7, 365, cutting out the fluff and squeezing the most out of the resources you have, putting yourself under ceaseless scrutiny to increase productivity, constantly terrified that if you take off a single day, the competition will get ahead of you, terrified even more, perhaps, of ticking off the great venture capitalist in the sky who fronted all the resources, talents, to get me, Inc., going terrified of ticking off the big venture capitalist in the sky when he shows up at the end of the year, the end of their life, the end of time, audit to see how well you've done. So if you hear in Matthew 25 uh, something like, well, God expects a good return as an investment, I understand where you might get that from because that's most of what the world's telling you every day. My oldest daughter is a senior in high school, which means we get about 20 glossy mailings each week with bold messages scrolled throughout. Make the most of yourself with us. Invest in your future here. Get a leg up on the competition at Be Your Best You, You. All from colleges basically trying to sell her and her parents on the idea that choosing a college is a particularly significant business decision for me, Inc., and, and this is the key, and that choosing wrongly. Well, basically, that's something from which you cannot recover. Like selling your shares of Apple Computer in 1986 to invest with this guy named Madoff. <laughs> Can't recover from that. So if you hear in Matthew 25, Jesus saying, God, and everyone else for that matter, demands a good return on your investment, and there will be hell to pay if he doesn't get it, I understand where that might come from. And probably also why you're tired out and anxious most of the time. But if you do hear it that way, I think you're hearing it about exactly wrong. The third guy. The third guy in the parable, remember him? He's the one who buries his one talent, his big chunk of money. And why does he do that? Well, you say, well, he's afraid of making a bad investment, right? Afraid of messing up. But why is he afraid of that? Well, for that, listen to Jesus' words again from the text. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. So I was afraid and I went and hid the talent. I knew you to be a hard man. But then keep listening. But this master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not gathered seed? You knew? You knew that I'm a hard man? Question mark? <laughs> In other words, where did you ever get that idea? In other words, how in the world did I, says the master, ever get dubbed scary master? <laughs> What in the world ever made you think that I was a hard man? Who told you that? You see, that's the connection between my dumb little story about my kids being afraid, my kids' friends being afraid of me and me being mad about it. 
The third servant's problem, get this, is not that he did not return a good investment or good, get a good return on his master's investment. His problem is that he thinks his master is super scary when he's not. Heck, from the story, the only thing we know about this master is what? That he took everything he has, dumped it on this trio of servants, didn't even tell them to do anything with it, and just skipped town. How did the one servant ever get, I knew you're a hard man, from that? I think I know. If you've been listening, you know too. Probably because that one servant figured that this master is like all the other masters. And we all have so many. A master who with a threatened audit demands we make good investments. Or or perhaps the servant got that idea because he had a bunch of college mailings coming to his house every day telling him that one wrong investment at age 18 means your life's shot. Or perhaps this, perhaps that guy grew up in a household where his first masters, his parents, were so heavy on demand and expectation and light on grace and hugs that he grew up thinking that every master was hard like that. But he's wrong. His master is not a hard man. I know it's not the clearest in the parable, but we got to cut Jesus some slack. Jesus did not have nearly as much time to spend on his sermons as I do. And if he had a little more time, to make it all clear, he may have added a fourth servant, maybe between the second and the third. Say it's another guy who got a single talent, who, who upon the master's return, you see what I'm doing? I'm adding a one between two and three. Who upon the master's return, he comes up and says, maybe this. He says, Master, I love playing cards. And I've got this poker app on my phone. And I got really good at it. So I figured that I'd take your one talent, go to Vegas, enter this tournament with my one talent, and win a thousand more. But Master, turns out that those guys who play for real money are really, really good. And I lost your talent. To which the master says, well done, faithful servant. Faithful and foolish. Faithful and naive. Faithful and now penniless. But well done, faithful servant. Faithless as in fearlessly trusting that whatever happens. Faithful as in fearlessly trusting if you do it all wrong. I am not a hard master, but gracious and generous and forgiving. Fellow servants, your master is not a hard man. Your master is gracious and generous and forgiving. Your master is Jesus. And the reason you can cut him some slack for not spending some extra time on his sermon was because within 48 hours of telling this sermon, he was on the cross for you, gathering up all the anger, all the the, the wrath that could possibly be, all the punishment that God or anyone could ever delve out onto himself. Your master is not a hard man. Your master is one who died and rose for you. Who died and rose for the whole dumb world so you can know his generosity, live in his grace, and receive his forgiveness for every single one of your failed investments. You have got other masters. 
You have hard ones. You have demanding ones. We are hard masters to one another. Some of us are our own hardest masters, your own relentless auditor. But Jesus is the master of masters. He is the Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. And he is not a hard man. And he loves you succeed or fail no matter what. I started this sermon with a a half tongue-in-cheek gripe uh, about my kids' friends thinking I'm scary. Uh, And and then I I connected that, uh, connected me being bugged by them getting me wrong with the master in the parable being angry that the third servant got him wrong. I say half tongue-in-cheek because, truth be told, um, my kids' friends are probably right. I am a bit scary. (laughs) And can definitely be a hard man, just like you. We can all be very hard on and to one another, and often are. That doesn't mean that our our master loves us any less. In fact, it means he only loves us all the harder. But it also means that you and I are, are better off leaving off the gripes, just owning our scary hardness and doing what we do here every week. Bringing our hard hearts and our hard heads and our failures and our successes. Bringing them before our master who is not a hard man. Coming before our crucified and risen master, not in fear, but in trust. To know his generosity, to know his graciousness, to know his forgiveness. Hoping that maybe, just maybe, we might be made a little softer in the knowing. But your master is not a hard man. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.